0: My name is Beth, I'm an alcoholic, okay. and it's because by the grace of God and the power of this program, Beautiful Alcoholics Anonymous, 12 Beautiful Steps, and sponsorship that can't be beat, that, that I'm sober today. Um, did I see when my sobriety date was? No. Did I? March, March the 5th of 1972. And... Now, as I understand it, we're supposed to tell a little bit about what our sponsorship was like or how we sponsor or what, 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 what are you guys going to say?
1: <laughs>
2: You'll have to wait and see.
0: Oh, all right. No, when I, um, and I, and you found out, you know, last night pretty well how, how I was sponsored. Um, as a matter of fact, and what I don't go into is that I had three sponsors. Um And these three sponsors, uh, wonderful, wonderful women. Uh, One of the sponsors that I had, I still have one of the same ones. Um, What they did was they took me to meetings. They listened to me. They made sure that I was doing what I was supposed to do on a daily basis. I had to check in with at least one every day. I had to call them at the same time. They said that would teach me how to pick up a phone and dial it. Um, I'm still calling one of them, uh, the one that's, that's still here, uh, Evelyn, every single day. And it's something that I have found through the years that has helped me. The people that I sponsor call me on a daily basis. And I think this is important. It was important for me because I didn't realize at first some of the things that were really bugging me and um, some of the words of wisdom that I would get from them, even if it was to hear the sound of their voice on the other end of the telephone, uh, no matter what was going on in my life. These women saw that I got to a lot of meetings these women saw that I met other women in the fellowship of of alcoholics anonymous uh these women listened to me these women absolutely didn't let me get away with any of the garbagey stuff I was used to getting away with uh the complaining the whining they'd always turn everything around and and they said to me what uh, what good are you getting out of this situation? They asked me when we would leave meetings what I had gotten out of the meeting. I can remember that I heard one message and uh, the man was into his his lead for, it was an hour and, and ten minutes and he hadn't picked up his first drink. And I had to go to the bathroom, something fierce. And I said to my sponsor, I have to go to the bathroom. And she said, you sit where you are. She said, you might miss the one thing of value that's going to save your life tomorrow. And by this time, I couldn't imagine what it was. By the end of his message, which was, uh, two hours and four minutes long, um, <laughs> on the way home, and I, she let me go to the bathroom. And, and on the way home, she said, what did you get out of it? And I said, well, I learned that, you know, camels get down on their knees every night and unload their load and they they get down on their knees in the morning and they pick up the load for the day and they can go 24 hours without having a drink. And she said, don't you ever forget that. He had This man had been in the Foreign Legion and the first hour and something of his message was on the Foreign Legion. I'm well versed in that. But I did learn about camels and she said no matter what it is, you know, you can pick up something that's going to help you. They also had me write down one thing of value that I learned at every meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I still do that today. I have 12 notebooks that are that thick that have the one thing of value that I have learned at every AA meeting that I have attended. And uh, my sponsor and my, co- my sponsors would write down the one thing of value for me in the beginning because I shook so badly for about seven months I couldn't write myself. And I used to sort of pat them when they said, listen, and something will hit you. All these things I'm doing with the people that I sponsor today. And those things that I wrote down are helping me today. I used to go home. My husband used to write them down for me when i get home in, in a notebook, just these one-liners. And a lot of it is just the basic stuff of Alcoholics Anonymous. They saw to it I took kitchen duty, and they were right there in the kitchen with me. They saw to it that I, I just did the things that I was supposed to do. They met with me on a regular basis to begin to go through the steps. And one of them listened to me when I gave my fifth step for the first time. And since that time, I have taken six fourth and fifth steps, and I have done it with my sponsor that is left. I also learned other things from those women. I I learned that it is imperative to practice the principles of Alcoholics Anonymous, not only here, as has been mentioned all weekend, but when you're out and about, when you're standing in line with one loaf of Millbrook bread and there's five people ahead of you with heaped up baskets and nobody says, Madam, would you care to go first? You know, I'd like to clunk somebody over the head with a Millbrook bread, but I can't do that. And they said it's a perfect time to to say the serenity prayer and it's it'll everything that you go through life today doing is going to teach you a little bit more patience and a little bit more tolerance. And remember it like Bobby said, you're the only big boat that somebody's got. And people watch you. It isn't that they, you know, go around with with glasses and watch you. It is just that you can be the only big book that somebody has. And they said if you're whining and and you don't look like you're enjoying life, and they said sometimes you won't be. Sometimes it's going to be times when you're troubled, and this is why you have a home group. So you can walk through the door and those people that know you the best can help you. But just remember... That what you do and what you say has a direct, you know, reflection on the thing that has saved your life. And before you open that hole in your face, um, just ask yourself the question. And they used to tell me this all the time. Just ask yourself the question. Is that what you'd like God to say to you if you died tonight? And sometimes that gives me the willies. When I think about it, I also learned a great lesson from one of my sponsors who <laughs> picked up a drink um, when I was uh, two years sober. I really had a battle with that. I went to my other two sponsors and I said, is it something that I did, blah, blah, blah. And they said, no, it's nothing that you did. You can't make anybody drink. You can't make Anybody go back out? And uh, I watched a beautiful lady that had been there for me in the beginning uh, very slowly die of the ravages of, of alcoholism. She never would admit to changing her sobriety date. She didn't do what we were supposed to do in Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, I also learned that that she was not practicing the principles of Alcoholics Anonymous in her home life. And this was another big thing for me, that when you told me to take it home and treat the member of my family like they were members of Alcoholics Anonymous, you weren't kidding. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason that we practice this program outside of in here, and I saw that in full bloom. I will never, ever forget. How much that woman meant to me and and how close she was to me in the beginning, and how she listened to me um, she died <coughs> for committed suicide four days before my husband died in nineteen seventy eight and um, I remember that my- spon- my other two sponsors literally carried me through that time um, one of my other sponsors um started using medication and, uh, she died in, in Florida as the direct result of an overdose when they moved down there. And, and God bless Evelyn. She's, she's still in my life. She still is carrying the message. I think it is imperative that, that we have more than one sponsor. I think we should have a co-sponsor. Everybody that I sponsor has a co-sponsor and i meet with these people once a week um i help these girls go through their steps just the same way that i'm being helped um i'm never too busy to listen because somebody is never too busy to listen to me um it was clean up your mouth is the first thing that i i heard uh ladies use <laughs> ladies' language, and you use specific language from up here at the podium. Um, again, you're the only big book somebody might be reading. And the people that I sponsor, um, I try to get them to clean up their language and explain it to them that when we come here, we're no longer out in the street. We're no longer propped up in the corner of our closet sucking on a wine bottle that that we clean up. When we come to Alcoholics Anonymous, in in all our affairs, I uh, go through the Big Book with the people I sponsor the way the Big Book's gone through with me. Um, they read it two pages a day out loud the way I've had to do it for years. Um, do I love? Do I like my sponsor? I don't know if she'd be my best friend. Uh, do I love her? Yes. Yes, I do. She's always been there. I think sponsorship is something that's terribly important. Uh, when that phone rings, uh, just like Kay used to say, when the hand goes out, you better be darn ready. Whether it's going up an extension ladder or trying to pull somebody from underneath a bed when they're hanging on for dear life to their bottle in the bottom of the bed because they don't want Alcoholics Anonymous around. Uh, this is a beautiful way of life. I couldn't get along without sponsorship. They've shown me how to live and by the grace of God and you people maybe I can pass it on to the people that I sponsor the way that I was shown. Sip.
2: Thank you, Beth. Your turn. Very good, Beth. Now we'll hear from Dick. My name is Dick, and I'm an alcoholic. Everybody, by the grace of God and the actions of a and sponsorship, I've been sober since September the fifteenth, nineteen sixty-five, and I'm very grateful for that this afternoon. I, uh, I've had uh, I've had two sponsors since I've been in AA. I have them one at a time, however. Unlike uh unlike some other people who like to have several sponsors so that they can kinda joust around and pick pick whatever's the easier, softer way. Uh, but not Beth. I mean, hell she picked out the one that was the best one, kill the other two off.
0: I uh
1: I've only killed
2: one of mine off. He uh he died at thirty he's uh, over thirty-three years and he uh, uh died sober. I, uh, he had 12-stepped me originally when I came into Alcoholics Anonymous. And as, as was the custom when people were going on 12-step calls, what ended up happening generally is a person who made a 12-step call on you uh, ended up being your sponsor. And that's what happened with me. And uh, I had uh, been around AA for, uh, uh, he had taken me, this fellow named Buck had taken me to my first meeting and and uh I had been around AA for, I guess, two or three weeks or something like that. And I asked him, I said, Buck, I said, what everybody in AA is talking about a sponsor. I said, what's a sponsor? And uh he says, I'm a sponsor. I'm your sponsor. I said, oh. And he explained in, in a general way what a sponsor was. And he said, somebody that does what I've been doing with you. He said, I've been teaching you the, the language of Alcoholics Anonymous and t- telling you what it's about and telling you how you can stay sober and... Giving you some guidance and direction, and hopefully have set some sort of an example for you so that you could follow, so that uh, you could stay sober like I have. And he'd been sober for some years at that time. And uh, he'd been sober about 12 years at that time. He was a very active member of AA. And, and uh, I think what he taught me more than anything else, he was not a step-Nazi or a big-book thumper. Uh, as a matter of fact, he was everything but a step-Nazi or a big-book thumper. And, uh, what he taught me was how to live the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, uh, he also, also taught me that sponsors don't know everything. And I gotta remember that because I sponsor a lot of guys and I really don't have all the answers and I never do, never expect to. But I expect to be able to by, by some manner of means, uh, set an example for the guys that I sponsor. Um Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, is a very successful, uh, movement. And I think that we all know that. Uh, there are probably two and a half million, uh, members of AA worldwide. And when I came into AA, there were probably 250,000 is what they were saying. So it's, it's multiplied ten times since I came in. And, uh, the reason why it is so successful and the reason why people seem to come to AA and, and have a good opportunity to stay sober, and probably of the people who come to AA, maybe 17% die sober and die as some sort of active member of Alcoholics Anonymous. And that's not very good odds if you're new. It's not very encouraging, but uh I haven't had a drink since I uh, first came to Alcoholics Anonymous. So, you know, it can be done. Uh As a matter of fact, both of my sponsors uh, uh have had, you know, had long-term sobriety. And... uh my current sponsor, Clancy, has almost 39 years of sobriety and he slipped all over the place for 10 years before he came to AA and got sober and finally, uh, finally stayed sober in Alcoholics Anonymous, I should say. But he was in and out and in and out of AA for years. And, uh, he had good sponsors just like I've had good sponsors. And it isn't a matter of having, having a sponsor or who the sponsor is. It's a matter of who is being sponsored. It's a matter of very simply of, of whether a person is surrendered or not is whether they have they have given up or not as to whether they're desperate or not, because if you're desperate enough, you're willing to do things that don't seem to be logical uh to the to the situation and uh you'll just in other words you'll do whatever you'll take whatever direction is given you, but if you're not desperate, you won't do that and uh I can tell you I know the the three panelists here I've known them for years and and, uh, I've known me better than them, but there isn't, there isn't one of the three of us who didn't have a large degree of desperation in their, in their life when they came to AA. Uh, because it was a great need for something. I think probably the great need that everyone has who comes to AA is a need for some form of spiritual life. And we may not recognize that. We may, may not even talk about it very much. But the fact is that somehow or another, I, for an individual, had lost all feelings of spirituality whatsoever. And I regained that very slowly as I became a member of AA by being helpful to other people. In our big book, it says, you know, that uh, what we're supposed to do uh, is to be helpful to other people. And uh, in, as a matter of fact, in chapter 7, it starts off and it says to uh, God, I used to have it memorized, whatever happened to my brain. I think it just went. It says, I haven't found it yet, it says practical experience shows us nothing so much ensures immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. This works when all other activities fail. And uh he goes on to say, this is our 12th suggestion, carry this message to other alcoholics. You can help when no one else can. You can secure their confidence when others fail. Remember, they're very ill. And uh, when you think about that, what it really says is that we have been given a special charge to do something. We have a special responsibility. And that special responsibility is to work with other people. And what will happen if we do is it will stay sober. And uh, I don't know... I don't know how desperate you are to stay sober. I have no vague idea at all. But I can tell you this that helping others will work. You know, it works when all other efforts fail. I mean, you can sit down and you can pray and you can sing psalms and and you can do good works and you can do this and you can do that and you can do the other, but when you really get right you can write fifth step, I mean fourth step after fourth step after fourth step. You can repeat, repeat it over and over again. You can dig in the muck as many times as you want to. and You can sit around and feel sorry for you. You can practice Zen Buddhism and go to church. Or you can do whatever the hell you want to. But the basic answer is this. If you're out there helping someone else to achieve sobriety, you yourself will stay sober. That's the key on that. Now, in order for us to do that, there are some things that we're going to have to do. We're going to have to, as individuals, stay sober. And we're going to have to be uh, go to meetings. And uh, we're going to have to be there where they are. We're going to have to be where the newcomers are. We're going to have to be where the people are that we sponsor because we have to set an example for them so that they can follow what we do. So, as they so easily say in this part of the country, they can follow our lead. That's why they talk about a person who's talking in AA giving a lead because what they're doing is they're giving an example to be followed. Hopefully, uh, the, certainly the recovery portion of their so-called lead. So we lead by example is what we end up doing. That's what the whole purpose of Alcoholics Anonymous is. In our preamble, it says we stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. In our traditions, it states the same thing. It just goes on forever. That is the cloth in which of which Alcoholics Anonymous is woven. It's helping others, reaching out, helping others. There's no chapter in here. It says helping yourself. I mean, there's just no example of that. It doesn't doesn't say that we're supposed to put our names at the head of any list of amends. It says we're we're supposed to make amends to others. The step doesn't suggest we're supposed to do this for ourselves. You know, the strange thing about it is, is that we are, as alcoholics, so self-centered. We are absolutely going to take care of ourselves first anyway. That's all there is to it. We are really going to do that. We're not going to put someone else ahead of us. It's not natural for us to do so. So we're going to take care of ourselves. And so that is why the whole program of Alcoholics Anonymous is out-based. And that is to say its focus is on helping others, not on helping ourselves. We've already helped ourselves. As a matter of fact, to a, to a disturbing point, we have helped ourselves. <laughs> um, I think is one other thing that I would like to say is, long as I'm up here, maybe it doesn't have to do anything with sponsorship, but I think it kind of does because it gives you a gives you a description somewhat of the ideology, maybe of Alcoholics Anonymous. And uh, there's a lot of people who are of the impression or who give you the impression that Alcoholics Anonymous is a 12 step movement and Alcoholics Anonymous is not a 12 step movement. It may seem that way and it may seem that way to you and it may make sense. When someone calls it that, but there are a lot of 12 step movements around and uh, I'm not going to label them, put names on them, but uh, they aren't as successful as Alcoholics Anonymous is. And the reason why Alcoholics Anonymous is as successful as it is, is because Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship. It's a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other. What we're doing here today is fellowship. It doesn't have anything to do with the program. The program is the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And there's no one that can really, 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 when you get down to it, tell you how to take the steps. There's no one that can tell you how to surrender. It just can't be done. It's impossible. Because each surrender is brought about by a series of incremental actions. And everyone's surrender is going to be just a little bit different. Mostly because we're different human beings. There are certain general ways that we can do it, like take an inventory, like uh, prayer and meditation, like uh, making amends, like uh, sharing ourselves with another human being. Uh, but we only can learn those things, I think, through other people. Uh, I believe that the very strength of Alcoholics Anonymous lies in the fact that we are accountable to each other. I am accountable to my sponsor. He doesn't make me accountable to him. There's no no way that he can. But I am accountable to him, to him to the degree that I have integrity. To the degree that I have something on the inside of me, I'm accountable to him. Because I want to be. Because I want to show him that I can do it. I am also accountable to the guys that I sponsor, and I'm I'm accountable to be there, to be an AA, to be sober, to be active, to lead by example, to be to be available. Period, and to do the next indicated right thing on a regular basis. I uh. I, I sponsor a fellow who uh, likes massage parlors. I don't think that his wife would like him to like massage parlors, but, uh, he likes massage parlors, or at least he did. He came to me and he was talking to me about this and saying he'd had a difficult time with it. And, uh, he said, uh, he said, you've never done anything like that, have you? And I said, no. And he said, why not? And he said I've heard you and I know you well enough to know that you you know something like that could be exciting to think about and I said well certainly it could I said I'm a human being and I fantasize like anybody else does and certainly something like that would be exciting to think about it would be it would be exciting to do as a matter of fact but I said the only difficulty is if I did that my putting my wife aside not bringing her into the issue at all but if I were to do that What if you were to see me walk into one of those places? What if you were to see me walk out of one of those places? Would you want me to be your sponsor? And he said, that's not the sort of example that I want set in my life. So I said, well, I have to set an example. So as a member of AA who is a sponsor, I have to set an example. I have to set an example for the other people by my own behavior. That doesn't mean that I'm going to be perfect because I'm not. You know, sometimes I'm just a big jerk. And I kind of enjoy it, frankly. Uh, it gives me an opportunity to go around and set a good example by making amends then. So. <laughs> Keeps me active in AA. So it's not all a bad thing when you really get down to it. Being human is a condition that we all have. And we're all, none of us are going to get any better than that. And that's all there is to it. And so we're going to make mistakes. But the object is to have someone there who says, yeah, you made a mistake, dummy. Don't do it again. You know, And who will say, you know, it was stupid for you to make that mistake, but you don't have to do it again. And, you know, I like you no matter what you do. It doesn't make any difference. Almost. I mean, I don't like some of the things that the people do that I sponsor. And I'm sure that my sponsor, I'm sure Clancy doesn't like some of the things that I do. But that's neither here nor there. You know, I am still treated like I treat the fellows that I sponsor. I'm still treated with dignity. And that's the important part of the whole thing. Sponsorship is not just a uh, one person talking to another. It's a principle. It's a principle of accountability one to another. And in reverse of that, I am accountable to the fellows that I sponsor just like they're accountable to me. Their behavior is such. My behavior is such. And that is really very important. There are really two sides and two faces to sponsorship. One is by, if you are the sponsor, by the example that you must set because of the responsibility that you've been given by having someone else ask you to help them. What an awesome responsibility that is. What an awesome responsibility it is to be asked to participate in someone else's life in a helpful way. And that's what AA is all about. And that's why we're pursuing this thing. That's why sponsorship is so great people are sitting in this room today this is kind of like talking to the choir i mean all these people in here they know what sponsorship is and you know it's the people that are sitting out there at the tables who are not in here who should be in here so so that they could learn something about sponsorship so i'm not sure if there's a hell of a lot that that we three can tell you but uh We're kind of like three blind mice, and we just do what we're told to do. So, And uh, I really enjoy being here and enjoy being here this afternoon. I hope you got something out of what I had to say. Thank you. Thank you, Dick. Those of you that were here last night heard uh, Dr. Pauls, during his uh, lead, said that uh, he had some opinions on sponsorship, and he would save them for today. So now it's the time we get to hear them. Thank you, Steve.
3: Thank you, Mike. My name is Paul and I'm uh, I'm still an alcoholic.
1: Oh. And,
3: and as I've been telling everybody that listens for the last uh, 8 or 9 days that uh the 31st of last month was I was 30 years sober and uh I'm that I'm that I'm very grateful. Uh, I, uh, the, uh, talking at a meeting, they, we have a format, what it was like, what happened, what it's like now, and you go to enough of them, you kind of make up and know what to talk about, but something like this, where it's free-flowing, you, uh, you can, you don't have any guide to go by, and, uh. I find it very, I, I ask Mike if we're going to have question and answer because I like that because the answering questions or discuss, uh, talking on a subject somebody brings up, at least you're talking about something you know one person is interested in anyway. What <laughs> happens with something like this, even with question and answer, I, I love that because uh, for six weeks after I'm thinking up good answers to that. And, and I'm thinking with this sort of thing, uh, tonight, uh, in the middle of the night, People in my head will th- talk, talk about all the things I could have said right now that would have been much better than anything I say. And uh, if you really want to get some profundities, ask me tomorrow about sponsorship. <laughs> and, uh,
1: <laughs> I, I, uh,
3: they, they've been talking about their sponsor. I mentioned mine last night. The, he was a friend of mine and he and his wife and Max and I uh, used to drive around, all around the place trying out different AA meetings and getting experience i I wanted to know <clears throat> all the things that were available so that then I could pick certain ones that I uh, favored and I had a favorite Monday group and a favorite Tuesday group and a favorite wednesday group and and so on for each day of the week and but I had tried out a whole lot of them to do that and it, uh, and then I, I didn't like the men's side group and uh, so I started one in my home and uh, we had a bunch of the men there and I was telling them one night <clears throat> how difficult it was. Living with Max and, and not drinking. Uh, and, and it's, you know, it's one thing when you can drink, it's another one when, when you're not allowed to drink and she goes, she hasn't changed any. And, <laughs> uh, and I was complaining to them about how difficult that was and they asked me something about what did my sponsor say about it and, uh, then they picked up the fact that I didn't have a sponsor and they started really talking nasty, uh, <laughs> saying that, uh, just because I was a professional man, I didn't think I needed a sponsor.
1: And,
3: and that hurt my feelings because it was true. And uh, I remember complaining to Jack about how they were picking on me. And that's when I say, I ask him, how why don't you be my sponsor? And he says, well, I'll be your sponsor if you'll be my sponsor. And that's how we started out. And we uh, still sponsor each other. And uh, I um, don't know that I... Uh, Recommend it or don't recommend it, it's just my experience. It has worked for for us. And uh I uh the, the thing I find that stands out the most in my mind about Jack is that Jack walks like he talks. He he's a walking example of serenity. He he has been through some of the crappiest stuff in his life. It was uh, maritally and financially and work-wise, and, uh, different, different, and yet he's really steady. He really, he really lives the program. And it's been a wonderful example for me of, uh, of living the program. And, uh, uh, he, uh, and, 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 and it seems to me, it, it, I hear a lot about people talking about how strict their sponsor is, and how insulting the sponsor is to them. And, uh, and I, as I got to thinking about that, in fact, I asked Jack, I said, do you recall any occasion where either one of us has ordered the other one to do anything? And he said, no, we've never have. Well, our relationship is that we bounce our ideas off each other. And uh, <clears throat> you'd be amazed at how stupid some of my really good ideas sound. When I've explained it to him. And, uh, this is where we help each other the most. And he'll, he'll, we'll make suggestions. I remember one time I said something about I'd started to do something and got to go moving along and then decided I wasn't going to do that anymore. That wasn't important. And I said that something about that to him. And he says, yeah, I know you do that all the time. And I thought, what the hell are you talking about? And, And I realized he he was picking up trends in in, in me that I wasn't aware of, and uh, so he he bounces back to me who I am. I find out who I am by talking to him about what I'm doing, and and he gives it back to me, and it's uh, it's really worked out very well for me. And I I, uh, try to do that kind of uh, give that kind of sponsorship. I'm having a little trouble uh, talking about Jack and keeping my thoughts on that because the people in my head are talking about how I ought to be talking about the other side of sponsorship. By that I mean we hear so much about why everybody should have a sponsor, and I agree with everything I've heard. In fact, it occurred to me to ask a show of hands of everybody in the room who had a sponsor. And then ask for a show of hands for everybody in the room who is sponsoring somebody to see the difference. But by that, what I mean is, uh I'm not going to do that, but uh, <laughs> I, I, no, I don't particularly want to embarrass anybody or whatever. It's, uh, it's not, that's not my point. But what I mean by that, I think it's sad when somebody is trying to make this program or is around the program and doesn't have a sponsor. But I find hmm. it even sadder. That other people are afraid to sponsor. They don't sponsor anybody because they're afraid to do it. And I get the impression that they have heard so many stories about sponsors being real strict or really profound that that they feel that's the way you can only sponsor somebody is that you've got to be dictatorial and just reek with profundities. And, and, and you know that's that's not true. I mean. Hell, if I can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> and, 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 and if you do want to use a profundity, all you have to do is steal one you heard from somebody. There. <laughs> a lot of them going around this weekend and just, you can say it if you want to give credit for it, fine, but you don't. In fact, any profundity you hear, if you really want to do it officially, the, the first three times you repeat it, you give credit. Where you heard it. After the third time, it's yours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there there's nothing new in AA. We've often borrowed stuff from the other people, and I think it's really sad when somebody asks you to be a sponsor and you say no. I uh, I thought about it, and I I can't think of any way that you can tell another person who has finally gotten up the courage to ask somebody to be their sponsor, I can't imagine any way that you can tell them no, that their self-esteem isn't going to go down even lower. And, And indeed, the way I see it is that their higher power has gone to a lot of trouble and has had a meeting with your higher power, and the two of them have gotten together and decided, this is it, we'll have them ask you, and you say, no, you've blown the whole damn deal, you know. <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, you don't, you, and you don't have to be smart to be, you, maybe it's nice to be smart to be a good sponsor, but you don't have to start out as a good sponsor, you just start out as a sponsor. You, <laughs> friends, I, uh, I have friends, that, uh, people that I sponsor, and somebody will say that they, Hey, somebody asked me their sponsor and I said what are you say and he said I said no I didn't think I know the program well enough and I said what 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 the hell you you want to go to sponsor school you know <laughs> you, you learn to be a sponsor like you learn everything else in AA you learn it by doing it you learn how to lead a meeting by leading a meeting you learn how to speak in a meeting by speaking in a meeting you just you, you do it and and you accumulate the knowledge as you go along and uh i uh it's it, it's all you have to do is stay one step ahead of the pe- person you're sponsoring <laughs> and, and, and it, it, uh, yeah i yeah I'm, I'm speaking from my own experience because that's what Jax and I were doing when we were we hadn't been doing the steps yet when we started to sponsor each other and, uh, in fact, I facetiously say that you can sponsor anybody. all you need to know is five words i mean if people ask you a question. You answer them. You say yes, or you say no. Now, I already knew those two words, didn't you? Yes or no. But uh, if they call and they're really happy, and they're really, like they're calling from cloud nine or something, and they're really thrilled, then it, you you say, wow. <laughs> you say yes, no, or wow. <laughs> if they're calling and they're not really all that happy, in fact, they're telling you some sad story, you say
1: Really. <laughs> you
3: get yes, no, wow, and really. Yeah. And if they're talking on and on, and you don't want to keep saying the same words all the time, or you've forgotten what you did say, if you're not sure, you hadn't even really heard what they said, you can use my sponsor's favorite word. You can say, whatever.
1: <laughs>
3: you got yes, no, wow, really, and whatever. If you get tired, using those words, uh, you can use the non-word. You can say, no matter what they say, you can say, hmm. <laughs> you can even make a question out of it. You can say, hmm?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you
3: laugh and try it. See if it doesn't work. I mean... <laughs> It's most, it's more a matter of listening. It's one, in fact, it's one of the things that it was referred to here before. I think Jack or Beth was saying it. I don't think you need to be a graduate certified social worker to be a sponsor. You don't have to know the answers, to all. as far as I'm concerned. You don't have to know the answers. You have to be a good listener. To me, what I think sponsorship basically consists of is helping people <coughs> Being a good listener, listening to their problems, and then helping them to live the program in spite of their problems. We don't have to be problem solvers. We don't have to know the answer to every problem. Uh, All we need to know is how to stay sober in spite of the problem, how to get to the other side of it. Then people will find their own answers. Anyhow, I, I like the theory that people with a problem already know the answer. It's within themselves, and all you have to do is listen and help draw it out and uh and just be interested in them in that and uh, uh so i don't I don't feel I have to know the answers. I just have to bear with them in fact, I have to be careful i'm hearing myself say that i remember I have a fellow that is sponsoring that he he has so much so many problems and so much difficulty in his work that he calls and he gets me he gets going on and on about this terrible work situation he has. And he gets so wound up in it and he gets to describing it to me in such an extent that I get carried away with it and I find myself trying to help him solve his work problem and his work problem has absolutely nothing to do with anything I've ever had any experience in. I have no idea what I'm talking about. And I'm trying to help this goof who's willing to listen to me, you know. And, 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 which is okay, except that I lose the fact that he hasn 't done his eighth step yet, you know, and he hadn 't even done he'd been around for years going to meetings and meeting you know, meeting 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 meetings, but hadn 't done any steps, and I had a hard time getting him to do his fourth step his fifth step, and then I forgot about the steps and uh, anyway I, it's, I need to find to I need to help the guy work his god darn program, not solve his work problems and uh I can I have to stay out of the problem. I just have to help them with what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, one of the things that happened, a thing I've started doing that has been helpful to me, is if somebody asks me, will I be their sponsor? I've been fooled by that a lot of times. By What I mean by that is, if I say yes to them, from then on, anybody says, you got a sponsor? They say, yeah, yeah, Paul's my sponsor. And that's the extent of the sponsorship, and i to me that's useless Because that puts me in a position. Should I be chasing the random discussion? Should I be calling this person? Should I be trying and i and i I do not handle it well when I come to realize the fact that I am putting far more energy into somebody's sobriety than they are, and when I find that I am chasing and chasing and chasing. I, I, I don't handle that well. Uh, and I, it, it irritates me and I want to drop that person. And what I have done more recently is that I've developed an attitude of uh, interested, passive observer. And I will, unco- not unconsciously, but without telling the other person about it necessarily, maybe it will, maybe it won't, release them. The you know, emotionally detached from them, the Elanon principle. That if that's the program they want to work, they can work it, and I'll watch, and I'll listen, and I'll be interested, but I'm just an observer. I have no emotional, uh, tie into the outcome, other than I am loving, I'm concerned, but I don't have, it's not up to me to make it come out right. And, uh, I'm much more comfortable that way. I'm much more comfortable that way. Um, and I don't have to get into the thing of whether or not I should, uh, fire them or I never fire somebody else I fire. I, if I'm uncomfortable with sponsoring somebody, I will share with them my discomfort using I sentences, how I feel and I, I don't feel I'm getting anywhere. I don't feel like I'm helping you in any place. I'm not getting any sense, sense of satisfaction out of this and I want to withdraw as your sponsor. Uh, I can only recall one instance where I actually discharged the other, the sponsee, and, uh, that was a young fellow who, uh, uh he didn't, uh, talk about, uh, massage fires. I wouldn't be dealing with people like that, for can say. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, uh, worse than that, he wouldn't, he wouldn't give up sleeping with newcomer women. And I warned him about it enough times, but he continued to keep it. And I said, I just can't be in a, in a working relationship with somebody who does that. I have absolutely no respect for your behavior. I love you, but I can't stand your behavior. And I don't want to be part of that. And I discharged, I discharged myself and discharged him. Uh, going back to uh, my sponsor, the other day, not the other day, about a month ago, at the club there they had a sponsor sponsor oh, I'm getting the cigarettes smoke. Uh they had a sponsor, Sponsey dinner. And I thought, that's great, I'm gonna get a free dinner. Uh so I was willing to go to it. <coughs> it cost me twenty dollars. Uh <laughs> before I went, I uh I thought, well gee, I better talk to my sponsor about this before I do this. And uh, in fact I talked to Jack uh, we talk at least once a week. I call him because he's my sponsor, and he calls me because I'm his sponsor. So we talk about twice as often as we might need to. And, but I told him, I said, I'm going to be talking about sponsorship. Have you got any words of wisdom or a profundity that I could uh, use? And uh, being somewhat facetious about it. And, and he says, uh, well, he said, He said, what my observation has been over the years, that the people around the program who are in in and out and in and out and in and out, and who finally come in and stay and make it. In every case that I can think of, he said, those people, when they finally come in and make it, have finally decided to turn their will and life over to somebody else to tell them how to do it. And I've kind of watched for that, and that seems to be what happens. The people who are in and out don't turn themselves over to somebody else to tell them how to live the program. And uh, the ones who do, do. And the ones who don't, don't. And that's to me, that's what I was saying, that I think the program is where we help somebody else how to live the program. That is the job of the sponsor how to live this program successfully how to share how we've done it and uh, when they have experiences that we haven't had experiences with uh, we help them maybe help them find somebody who does but we don't have to be the answer to every problem that comes along Uh, seems to me I started to say something about when people ask me to be their sponsor uh, and didn't answer that when somebody asks me to be their sponsor, I no longer immediately say yes. Uh, I never say no, but I don't immediately say yes, mainly because I don't know what they mean by the word sponsor and and I'm pretty sure they don't know what I mean by the word sponsor. And so I will say, well let's talk about it. Why don't you call me every day for thirty days or maybe sixty or ninety whatever number I pick? And we'll get to know each other each. I mean, I'll find out what you're thinking. and You'll find out what I'm thinking. It'll be kind of a probation period. And uh, at the end of that time, if we want to keep moving into sponsorship, we will. And if we don't, we don't. Well, if that person never calls me, I've got the answer right there. I mean, they don't want what I've got in the way of sponsorship. And if they do call, we work it out and we see. So that it evolves. And uh, it's not a snap decision. Uh, I never say No right at the time but I don't immediately say yes and it's been working out real well for me. And Another thing I do let me say one more thing and I'll shut up. Uh, I thought I was going to have trouble going in 10 minutes. Uh, they, <laughs>
1: the, the,
3: that, that's the trouble is that the less I know about a topic the, the longer I talk on it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <it's
1: disgusting. laughs> uh,
3: the uh, I had a real profundity there, it's gone. <laughs> it's your loss, I'll think of it later. Uh,
1: it's
3: gone. Uh, <laughs> but essentially, it's not just with sponsorship, but the way I The way I try to live my life is how to solve problems and think situations, handle situations and so on is I ask myself, what's my motive? And I I go on this theory that if I do a thing for the right motive and leave the results up to God, it turns out exactly the way it's supposed to. It may not be the way I would have thought of having it turn out. It may be the way I would have chosen it, but if my motive is right, and God chooses the, way it come, the outcome, it's the way it's supposed to be. And, and you know, being loving is always the right motive. It, uh, it, uh, love is an active concern for another person's welfare. And uh, in, in that sense, I try to treat uh, sponsees as newcomers and all people as newcomers. And everybody treat people as, I, as if I sponsor them. The, the main thing is what's my motive. If my motive is right... Uh Or another way I look at it, uh, as I started to say last night, I decided I wanted to be a successful member of AA. And when I have a problem, I'll think, well, what would a successful member of AA do? How would they handle this? What would a winner do? What's the loving thing to do? What would God want me to do? All of which are basically the same question. And if the motive is right, and love is always the right motive, it turns out it's the way it's supposed to, and that's... Well, I've got to say. Thank you very much.